we're going to be discussing End of Phase, the mid-season finale of Lost Girl, and all of its sparkly details. <laughs> Welcome to Drinks of the Doll, episode 93. You're listening to Drinks of the Doll, a podcast waystation for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. And this week we are discussing the mid-season finale, the season five mid-season finale, I should specify maybe, of Lost Girl entitled end of phase i've been waiting for that title to pop up i just uh, since day one i'm surprised it actually took this long on the other hand is it maybe a little premature since we've got eight episodes left this is true you would think that's that's a good point i i was figuring it more for a finale finale episode of a season at least but it's a mid-season finale it's it's close yeah, but you know what? The end of the world seems to always come with a big bad every season, so it could be fitting for almost every season, you know? So, yeah. Some guys always wanting to take the world down. That was jerk faces. I know. It's not cool. <laughs> jerk faces? F-A-E-C-E-S? <laughs> I haven't thought of that one. <laughs> but um, So the drink special we have for you this week is is called Dead Hand. <laughs> <laughs> Because Overbow's dead hand. And, and, and plus, we also had the handprint. Hands were kind of a, a thing in this episode, so I thought the, the drink special should include the word hand. And this is just five ounces of booze. It's got whiskey, rum, vodka, and then Midori melon liqueur. And uh, and yeah, so that's that's what we went with this week. I'm glad it made you laugh, Andy. That was a very satisfying cackle. <laughs> Before we start discussing, let's first listen to a voice message that we got from Virginia. Hi, this is Virginia, also known as Old Ain't Dead. Uh, I really liked this last episode. I thought it was a great mid-season finale because we got some good answers. Hades was finally unveiled. I like season five so far because we're starting to get all the threads pulled together and see where they've been going all this time. And I'm eager to see the, the next episodes. Thank you to Virginia for sending in that message. I also wanted to mention before we got started that we are still going to release episodes while Lost Girl is on hiatus because this was the last episode that's going to air for a while. The second half of season five, the last eight episodes are supposed to air. The most specific date we've gotten so far is fall 2015. So who knows when that will actually be. But we will be producing episodes in the meantime. They will probably switch to being bi-weekly, meaning every two weeks rather than weekly episodes, or we've actually been doing twice weekly episodes. Yikes. Our next new episode will be a review, uh, essentially, of the first half of season five, a mid-season review. And we'll talk about the different storylines, what we've thought about the first eight episodes all overall. And I hope you will join us to talk about that. You can send us your thoughts ahead of time, or we will also be live streaming that discussion on February 7th. That's a Saturday, February 7th at 2 p.m. Central, which is GMT minus six. Well, let's dive in and talk about the, I guess, the main plot line for this episode involving this party that Bo and friends were invited to and 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 stuff happens at and all all of all of that stuff um <laughs> stuff happens okay well okay see here's my thing i feel like not a lot 
really happened in this episode. Last week, it felt like there was so much going on. They maybe could have used an episode and a half, two episodes to cover all of that material. And this week, I kind of felt like, something? Something? So, I don't know. What did y'all think? Was the Did you think there was stuff going on? Was there enough stuff going on for y'all? <laughs> well, I agree with you, Stephanie, and when you first said your assessment last week when you read it, when Chris read it off, mm-hmm. I was actually, despite the docubus, of course, stuff, I was watching the episode and I was a tiny bit disappointed because to me, I, put, I tried to put a finger on it, the pacing was off. It just right. was, it felt kind of slow to me. Yeah. There was, as you say, too much exposition. There was a lot of explanatory scenes and the action just didn't, and I'm not just talking about fight scenes or whatever, but just the tension and the way the episode was paced did not build as well as I expected it to be for mid-season finale or for what I consider one of the better finales, you know, Dark Horse. How everything just built and built and you knew something bad was coming with, you know, Massimo and, you know, Kenzie and everything. I, I thought the tension was built really well in that episode. And it just didn't happen as well as I wanted it to in this episode. So that's why I was kind of like a little bit bored during some scenes. Not not horribly. You know, the acting is great and everything, but it just... Some scenes I'm like, okay, there's too much talk and not a lot happens. And I don't know how much we actually find out, you know, because we still have cliffhangers. But um, it just... It wasn't quite as exciting as I felt it would be. I think you kind of n- hit the nail on the head, Stephanie, that after last week's episode... This one felt like sort of a letdown. Yeah. Because they got the pacing was good last week. Lots of stuff happened. It was exciting and tense. And then this week, it starts off okay. Like, oh, there's a party for Bo. And as Lauren points out, are we sure this isn't a trap? But Thank then, you, Lauren. Like, Thank you, Lauren. No, it's, <laughs> no, it's a party. <laughs> and so there's like, mingling and sort of a lot of trying to figure out if something weird is going on rather than actually, you know, weird stuff going on. (laughs) Or doing things to stop the weird stuff. It's just being told about the weird stuff. Well, and my thing was, I, they just took them immediately to the party. And I, I mean, thank you, Lauren, for pointing out, are we going to maybe even talk about the possibility that this could just be a huge trap? Because they just kind of showed up in pretty clothes, and maybe they had some hidden weapons. We know Bo loves her thigh dagger, but what if it had been an ambush? Would they? I bet just... Lauren loves to get at her thigh. Dagger. <laughs> I'm just saying. But I, would they have just been sitting ducks? What was going on? And I and I do feel like there was uh, too much too much stuff in the beginning before they actually got to the whole crux of why Z brought her there to begin with, which was basically to talk her into going through this emancipation. You know, I feel like they could have gotten to that more immediately. But instead, but instead they had them at the party discussing what their plan of attack was. Like, you realize the people you're planning to attack could be right behind you. Are right right? there. I know, right? Couldn't couldn't we have had that scene when they were still in the doll? Yeah. Like, that would have made more sense. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so I felt like it took too long to get to the whole, we need to emancipate you from your father stuff. And then I felt like the whole choose your, choose the weapon that I'm going to use to cut your handprint off. I didn't really feel like that scene needed to be there, especially since it didn't end up happening. That whole sequence really didn't end up meaning much. And I mean, maybe I I think that was part of it too. You're right. That it, it would have been okay to have all that sort of thing if they actually followed through with it. But the fact that they didn't follow through with it, 
I think maybe is contributing to our overall sense of dissatisfaction with the episode. I think they were trying to build tension in that scene with Bo going leeches, ooh, and this, ugh, and all these weapons, and a slow pan over the table, and it's just... Yeah, it doesn't follow through. And my whole thought is, why isn't Lauren in this scene? Shouldn't you have the doctor on scene to cut off, you know, to help with the bleeding when you cut the hand out? But then it showed, you know, her and Tamsin in the other scene and the purpose of that scene. But it was just, there was even too much talk in that scene. And it's just between them and uh, Hera, so. But at least the scene with Hera, like, had follow through. Yeah, yeah that's there was, true. There I think was that's the big issue that is, if they continue with this whole thing, because... Again, the part with the table full of weapons, if you choose wrong, you'll die. Yeah. (laughs) But none of that matters anymore because she didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I will allow, maybe there will be some follow through on that whole weapon scene in a later episode. I'm willing to allow for that because I will say that they have been pretty good about tying up some of these loose threads that I've noticed. Like the the eyes thing, right? We had the question of why did they take Cassie if they just wanted her eyes? Oh, they didn't just want her eyes. They needed her. Then why did they take the eyes? Oh, for this prophecy punch. So, And they introduced this whole idea of the cocktail back a couple of of episodes ago. So we knew what the drink was when they're serving it up. It's like, oh, the egg represents eyes. Great. Ew. You know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the problem is that now that we're on mega hiatus yeah you know it it just it feels like a big hanging thread at the moment over the mega hiatus will just be dissatisfying yeah yeah so yeah i just i don't feel like the the whole weapons choosing scene had a whole lot of point to it eventually i think it could have been cut out and we could have been better served with more building of of tension and action that that actually led to something because i'm left just wondering what exactly was Z's plan. And again, it could become illuminated in a later episode. But she calls Bo there to try to talk her into emancipating herself from her father. When Bo doesn't do that, she says, on to plan B. And we see her go to Bo's house and try to steal the... (laughs) She's after Bo's box, isn't everybody, honey? Um... (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so Bo doesn't go through with it, and she shows up shows up to get this box, which seemed like it which should have been her ultimate goal anyway. Like, this is my backup plan anyway. Well, it's like if, if the whole... Because she was clearly very afraid when Bo starts to turn the crank to potentially open the box. And so if she knew Bo had it... And that was the whole point of the oracles, apparently. Yeah, why didn't she go grab it? Like, have Bo come to the party as distraction, and then we see them going after this thing over here. Like, it just didn't make sense to me that Z's plans were executed the way that they were. What was the purpose of... I mean, if she was emancipating Bo, I, I just... I guess part of my issue with a lot of things, really, is that we don't know the full actual truth and motivations and such. So we don't know if Z was actually trying to emancipate Bo, if that was her goal or if she wanted the hand hickey because like Leviathan wanted the hand hickey. Right. So, Mm, you know what I mean? Like, is it just that she wanted that or is it that she actually wanted to emancipate Bo? And if she had wanted to emancipate Bo, why? Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? My question is, is Z's, is Z on, ultimately on Bo's side, quote-unquote, or does she want to save humanity? Is that what she's trying to avoid because she doesn't want Bo to bring about the end of the world when she shows her the vision through the cocktail eyeball drink? You know, is that what she's been trying to prevent this whole time? 
Is cockatiel. I know. Cockatiel. Cockatiel. Whatever. Cockatiel. Cockatiel's a bird. Yeah. Bird drink similar. So, <laughs> but it's true. I drink birds all the time. Yeah. So it's just my question because it's revealed. Oh, wait a minute. Z's not really ultimately the big bad in the ancients. It's really your father. And but why didn't Z tell Bo that from the beginning? I will say I did like that aspect of this episode when I realized that they were doing that, that they were having us question whether these ancients actually were on Bo's side. I did kind of like that, actually. I, I did like that, but I'm just, but then that question comes up logically. Right. It's like, why doesn't she take the jacket of box from the beginning? Why doesn't she tell Bo from the beginning instead of just trying to destroy them? Unless she wants Bo on her side for some reason. Perhaps to use against Hades right. or something. I don't know. Right. But again, we still don't know. So Yeah, right. so again, I, I feel like I'd be willing to reconsider what I thought about the whole emancipation plot line if we get more information down the road as to what her actual purpose was. But at this juncture, I just feel like, well, if she really just wanted the box, which she seemed to, why didn't she just go after the box to begin with? Like, that seemed like that was in game was getting control of the Jack in the Box so that she couldn't turn the crank and either loose Hades or whatever's going to happen whenever we come back from, from hiatus. And the other part of the plot line that I thought was kind of weak is I felt like they had Trick especially be very gullible in regards to the vision because this is the guy who told her back in season two, you know, well, you you can't put much stock in visions. They could be tricks. Yeah. I kind of thought that of both of them. Yeah. Well, Bo less so. Bo's a little more gullible, but Trick especially, I just thought, really? This is the guy who's lived forever and ever and he's warned her about visions before. I just don't, I didn't buy that he would so immediately be like, no, I believe it because I saw it too. This one thing. I mean, it was a pretty scary vision. I mean, the dog, the poor dog. But <laughs> heck with all those people. <laughs> well, as an animal lover, I was like, no, don't put a dog in there. If it had been a cat, I would have been really traumatized. But yeah, I've heard people say that. Why was Trick so gullible? Or both of them, for that matter. Yet, you know, I kind of, kind of like, well, you show him the end of the world. I don't know. Well, the stuff behind Bo seemed okay. There was even like a car rolling by when they, when they, when they went from, you know, blackness to behind her. And then I was like, you felt so much nothing. Like there was somebody in the car. Like, it was- <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I didn't notice that. I yeah. gotta look again. I really have, well, I had visions of, you know, Terminator 2 when the world right? ends like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of yeah. look like that scene. So it might have behooved them to also make the background behind Bo a wasteland, because it was still a very pretty park behind Bo. It, yeah, yeah, it was a very nice park. Yeah. So those are my complaints, but but let me let me say what, I don't like to just complain, so let me t- say the things that I did like about this storyline. Again, I Formal wear? Formal wear. Formal wear. Formal wear. That's hard to say for me right now. Again, like you mentioned, Chris, in your, in, the, in our shot episode, I thought Amanda Walsh was freaking great, just the entire time. I'm pleased with with really all three of the people that they've cast as the ancients. I like Amanda Walsh probably the best, but I also think Noam Jenkins, Noam Jenkins, Jenkins is doing a really good job as Hera being very uh, this like menace smug. to his eye and the smug. Uh, you just want to, uh, you just want to hit him. Uh, <laughs> I really, really dislike that guy. The character, the yes. character, not the actor. Yes. The actor is very good at making me hate him. Yes, he is. See, <laughs> you know when Dyson punches him, it's for all of us. So, <laughs> okay. I have to go back and complain. That scene. <laughs> I thought we were done. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. But that exchange between Dyson and Hera. Oh, my God. The dialogue was so bad, you guys. It was so bad. 
I didn't pay much attention to it. But there's sometimes every dog has his day. But then again, some dogs just need to be neutered. Oh my god! No, that's true. Oh that's my god! True. That yeah. was terrible. That was that terrible. And he had twice in one scene where he was like, "I'm going to give you a gift," and then either punched him or gave him a shot. Like, come on, guys, come on. It is a little bit uh, '60s Batman TV series. Yes, isn't it? it is. <laughs> it is. Dyson is usually not that punny. Like, honestly, I feel like Dyson it's would true. be kind of like Ugh, dog puns, you know. <laughs> He's a thousand years old. He's got to have heard all of them. You'd be like, I've heard all these. As someone whose last name is an animal, you get sick of that stuff. I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 but yes, I, I, that's that exchange between Hera and Dyson. And I feel like they maybe could have gone from that or combined that. You know, they decide to take him hostage as collateral if something happened to Bo. Like, I, you know, I feel like they could have tightened up the the pacing a bit if they had maybe combined those two things rather than two separate scenes. Well, as you say, that scene with Dyson and Hera, yeah, they could have tightened up that scene and then, and then suddenly we're like, where are Tamsin and Lauren? And they could have had them be in that scene with Dyson and take him hostage then. And yeah, it just didn't, as we mentioned, everything was kind of stretched out a bit too much with the dialogue. But the thing that bothered me, uh, sorry, my complaining, but it's okay. You know, when we'll get it all when Lauren, when Lauren finds the restraints and they're all horrified about that, but I'm like, it, this is terrible for me to say. I'm saying it just because the character is a vessel, but they're terrified. They're horrified because, you know, they put Iris in restraints, but I'm like, but she's not alive and she's not a child. She's really just a vessel. And yet you hang out with Vex, who's a child killer, you know, and I'm like, that's not the worst thing that's ever, but they're, they're so horrified at that fact. And I'm like, but she's a vessel. She's not really a teenager. She's inhabiting a dead teenager. Except it turned out she wasn't just a vessel because Cecilia was yeah. still alive within Iris, apparently. But that was my impression when I first watched the scene. But it did, you know, this the scene served its purpose to, you know, point out that, oh, there's something more going on with Iris than we know. I actually liked that scene pretty well. But at the same time, the confrontation between Tamsin and Lauren was a little dis- unsatisfying to me. Was- well, I thought it was fine because they were to the point, as Tamsin is, and they made it clear. She's like, well, the best woman won. But at the same time, you could tell that she's not over it. She's just sort of yeah. making mouth noises at Lauren. And if that's the conclusion to all of the sniping and you know, flipping her off for no good reason. It just feels unsatisfying to me. Well, if she's not over it, which she obviously isn't, as we know later in that scene with Hera and just with the expressions that Tamsin has, you know, it's not over. So I think there will still be ramifications because I don't think Tamsin's dead. And so it's still, yeah, there's still a lot of potential for it to go on. And Olin Samuel says, My issue with the Lauren Tamsin resolution scene is that there was no conflict at all, neither with Bo at the beginning, nor then with Lauren. So unless it plays a part in second half, I still don't get the Bo Tamsin hookup plot wise, character wise, or anything wise. I don't know. I, I I feel like there was tension between Bo and Tamsin at the beginning, personally. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like the Tamsin stuff actually was the part of the episode that worked the best for me, <clears throat> but we'll probably talk more about that later later on here. My issue with that scene was, why are you having this conversation in front of your nemesis? Yeah. <laughs> that just seems foolish. <laughs> Again, the scenes could have been broken up and written a little bit. Yeah. 
Well, because, like, you're showing your infighting yeah. in front of the guy who's going to use that against you, probably. Yeah, and who's most important to these two? Oh, it's Bo. Okay. But we're going to talk about Bo in front of Hera, who we're trying to blackmail. I mean, who we're trying to hold as a bargaining chip in case something happens to Bo. <sighs> and I really wish that we had seen how they managed to get him tied up, because when Dyson punches him, he's kind of like, is that all you got? I, I I kind of wish we'd seen yeah, we how they managed to, to how they managed to capture him. It, it seemed like he was being very congenial about the whole thing, which doesn't make much sense. Maybe he let them. Is that mm. the last we see of Hera mm. in that episode, just being tied up? No, he, we <clears> see <throat> him out on the balcony with Z. Where, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, so maybe he let them. I don't know. Because because if they let if he let them tie him up, he then just spills the beans about Iris without feeling particularly True. threatened. Well, maybe he figures Iris is going to destroy them all and make them all piles of black ash. So, Which is why I have a lot of questions about the Iris. What was it? Nyx? Was Nyx. that what they... The Nyx, yeah. I've got, I've got so many questions about that, because what is their plan here? I don't, I don't understand. Are they trying to save the world or destroy it? I don't know. Uh, well, and, I don't and, know. I, and when I heard the whole thing about, oh... Iris isn't just Iris. She's also the Nyx. I'm like, why are you doing this, writers? This is just confusing. What is the Nyx again? The nothingness that will consume the Earth. Something about... Yeah, where did, how, how did Rainbow Goddess go to the Nyx? You know, where's the connection between the two? Well, it's Apparently the Nyx is something hidden within Iris. Yeah, they hit, it was like a piggyback passenger from when Iris was transported into the vessel that she's currently inhabiting, it sounded like to me. Like, Iris didn't even know that it was there. And what does that mean for the real Iris, who's still trapped in there? What does that have to do with it? It's like there's three different entities. The real Iris, or whatever her name is, that... Um, Cece. Cece. And then there's Iris the Rainbow God, and then the Nyx, all in one vessel? Yep. Do you think that sort of... Do you think they're trying to parallel that? That Iris couldn't kill Cecilia... And so Cecilia was just sort of on board there, and, like, the Nyx was hiding within Iris? Maybe. Uh, I still think it's overly complicated, what? though. Yeah. No, oh, it is. I'm just... I'm looking for reasoning here. It ain't happening yet. <laughs> the reasoning is not showing up yet. And who knows if it will even show up by the end of the series. <laughs> so in regards to Iris, you know, the, the other piece of this of the ancient plot line was with Mark and Iris, which again, I just felt like there was more time spent with that than there really sh way, should have been. I, uh, and way too much screen time. Especially with, about. like, when you have scenes that involve two actors, none of whom are your leads, or, you know, like, major recurring characters such as Vex or Ebony, you really want to keep those to the minimum. Like, especially, this is the last season, give us our main character. <laughs> or at the very least, make them extremely plot relevant. Yes. Yes. And yeah, keep them shorter. Writing tighter. Yeah. It yeah. Just, it was so slow and so just, and what is this whole long scene in the house? It just, editing, writing, everything could have been tighter with those scenes. Yeah. This episode could have used a, a good B plot to sort of shore it up. And maybe I think that was perhaps the point of the Mark Iris stuff, but it didn't quite work for me. It wasn't strong enough. That wasn't a strong enough little plot thread to really stand alone as a B plot for me. I don't think it needed a B-plot. I think everything tied up into one plot in this episode. But I don't think 
See, the whole th- scene on the balcony with Mark and Iris, and at first I thought I had this little moment in the elevator in the beginning when Mark was going over the plan with Dyson that, okay, maybe he'll turn the corner and become kind of likable and actually listen to Dyson and stay with the gang. And then the whole scene in the balcony is how about they don't like their parents and they want to get out from under the thumb of those who rule over them and then Mark's just being a jerk referring to Dyson again oh you want to go somewhere okay and I'm like hello why don't you tell anybody I just you know I know it's a plot device to get them in the house but I was just like you were so lame Mark I think he was trying to do what Dyson was telling him to do I just think he did it badly that was my take on it yeah I kind of wondered if that was what it was At too because tell somebody where you're going he's uh, young he thinks he's invincible stupid yes yes he's young and stupid but i do think he was trying to do what dyson told him to do because dyson told him you know be flexible go with things so i think it just it just ended up that it played out badly for him but i, I do actually think he was trying to be a team player that's true dyson did tell him to trust his gut yeah but- the thing that Dyson didn't get was Mark's gut is dumb. It's dumb. Dyson. <laughs> Mark doesn't have a gut anymore because he's so dumb. Oh, Annie. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't understand Yikes. why he's trying to take what looks like, uh, you know, bathroom bathtub rugs and plug up this guy's wound when he's obviously dead and he's freaking out. And then he keeps talking to Iris and I'm like, uh, you should leave, Mark. And then the why did wife he start, why did he try nowhere. to move the body? Why did he try to move the yeah. body? That's the part that drives me crazy. <laughs> and, and why would you not just immediately call your dad, who is a police officer? Exactly. Why well, I'm like call somebody. Hello, dumbass. A police and officer then, invested in covering this sort of stuff up. Mark, come on. Yeah, I know. And then the wife comes from nowhere. The husband calls for the wife. And like, I'm like five minutes ago, he called for the wife, and then. Yeah. <laughs> And then and she then, comes and stabs him with a pair of garden shears or something. And I'm like, if I was the wife, yes, I'd be freaked out. But I don't know if I'd immediately stab the guy. I don't know. That just seemed kind of lame. But Well, and, and yeah. I had a moment. It Has she me- been watching The Fall? Is that how? <laughs> like, oh, shears. That is my answer. Yeah, but it, it was just, uh, I don't know. It was just really silly, the whole wife coming in and stabbing him. And then Mark conveniently still has enough strength to stumble to the same park that Iris is at. Uh, uh, see, the, when I was mentioning the plot holes um, in the shot episode, this is the stuff that really bothered me. It's like, I know it's all convenient to get everybody in the same place, blah, blah, blah. I know why the writing is written that way, but it's just, it looks really silly to me. Well, and the whole Mark getting stabbed thing, it, it didn't feel, the storyline didn't really, it didn't do a good job legitimizing that plot twist to me. It It just felt like what? they needed to have a cliffhanger, you know, to go out. Mm-hmm. on the season finale with and so they had market stabbed but it didn't uh, i don't know it just didn't i didn't quite buy it as unnecessary plot twist well here's the thing i mean you had vex in the beginning and then you just had him at the end which you know out of all people he calls vex when his father is probably closer so that didn't make much sense to me although the- it's it's character <laughs> revealing and it's character revealing i was going to say i don't i don't mind that so much because that's sort of the thing right is that's, it was the yeah, whole mark, point that he feels mark closer is closer to vex than he is to, to dyson his own father. Yeah. yeah but the thing that bothered me about mark getting stabbed was that you're putting a character in jeopardy that not a lot of the audience cares about as opposed to our main characters if you had done that with our main characters I would have been more invested in the 
in the cliffhanger. And if you'd done that as a last shot, you know, yes, I know that's a cheap, you know, overused cliche for TV shows to do that as the last shot. You know, Mark's going to survive, I'm pretty sure. But if you'd had, you know, I thought the ancients were going to, like, take, you know, Lauren prisoner or something like that. Or bargain with her for Bo's life, or for Bo's you know, confirmation because she's the, you know, technically the weakest human link. And I was glad that Mark brought up the point of her defaying serum because she's like, why can't you just defay them? And she goes, well, it takes months and months. And I was like, I was glad they brought up that point that it's not that easy for. Uh, yeah, Laura I was glad that they did together that. the serum. So mm-hmm. because, you know, maybe the ancients would have known that I'm thinking, that I thought that was going to be the big cliffhanger, that they would have had an advantage over Bo by using Lauren against her, and not doing it in a way to make Lauren look weak and the human who needs to be rescued. But I still think it could have been effectively written in a way that made it a more effective cliffhanger than what they ended up with. I'm glad they didn't, though, because yeah, I feel too. like that's happened to Lauren too much. Yeah, that's We've true. seen Lauren locked up too often during the series or or often enough you know what i mean right because that was the whole one of the big things in the in the finale for season four you know massimo has lauren and Bo has to go try to help lauren i so i i'm glad that they didn't as well and i and i that kind of happens every season though yeah yeah that lauren is essentially i mean they literally threw her in the dungeon in the second season okay yeah and she was literally in another dungeon in season four (laughs) That's true. Well, I mean, in the sense that if it had been Lauren that had been stabbed, then we all would have really been freaking out because no, I, know, I agree. To get to get back to what talking happens about when the doctor gets hurt, you know what you know what I mean. To get back to That's talking what, about Mark, I, I I agree with you though. Like somebody somebody did. I think it was Jess from Those Who Wander. She DM'd me and she was like, "So what do you think about Mark getting stabbed?" And you know what popped into my head was this little line from a from a song from the Broadway musical, a chorus line. I just thought to myself, but I felt. Nothing. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Similarly, it's so horrible about the character of Mark. How much it's kind of like Rainer last year. We're like, it's just eh. like, oh, he got stabbed. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> if he would stab the human character, what if it had been Kenzie? What if it had been Lauren? Even if we know that they're going to survive because they're a main character, that would have been more effective. But similarly, Cindy has tweeted us saying Mark getting stabbed was necessary. Trust me. But the parts of the Mark storyline that I did actually really like was the stuff with Vex. Like, this is the only piece of Mark being around that I'm actually really liking is they're doing a better job giving Vex a storyline through Mark than they are giving Dyson a storyline through Mark, which I find right. weird. But yeah, yeah. I thought That's it was super, like, sweet in that opening, well, one of the opening scenes in the doll where Mark was like, so... You know, it's your first mission. Are you going to get your own vest? Like, <laughs> I mean, Vex was like that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Vex was saying that. Yeah. And and I was just like, Vex just seems so happy. Like, I've never seen him really connect to somebody like this before. Even even to Kenzie. Like, this is just so sweet to really see them, you know, see him share a relationship like this with someone. And then later when he shows up in the park dragging Mark's body, you know, he was just so genuinely upset by him being harmed i just was like oh vexy and i usually don't don't have quite that much compassion for vex because i remember back to season one when he was making a woman kill her own children but i actually felt a lot of compassion for vex in this episode right i think they've done a decent job of getting vex to that place you know what i mean like it feels like there's been enough character progression and growth that you know not that we're going to forgive the past actions necessarily but 
I don't feel weird about feeling compassionate towards Vex now. Know what I mean? Yes, I agree. I I don't know if I like Vex's relationship with Mark as... I don't know if I relate to it as much as Vex with Kenzie, but I can see that Vex really has, I guess, strong emotions with Mark. I looked at a still somebody had on Twitter that I hadn't even noticed, and they're like, oh, look at how distraught Vex looks when Mark is stabbed and Lauren's tending to him. And I went, oh, I have to watch that again. He he does. He looks so distraught, and I felt so bad. I did see that tweet, and actually the, the still that they included, I, I don't think is even him at his most distraught. There's a, a few seconds later where he's just got his face in his hand, and yeah, he's very distraught Aww. in that scene where yeah. he's realized how, how very gravely injured Mark is. But, you know, heck, I'd be willing to get stabbed almost if I had Lauren leaning over me with hair porn in that glorious sunlight. But maybe not. That would hurt. But he'll be fine. He's got the doctor looking after him. So. Oh, dear. But, but Stephanie, back to your, your musical reference of yes. You Felt Nothing. Yes. I will make another musical reference. Maybe he had it coming. <laughs> Chris, you were, you, were, you were saying before we started recording, we were talking about the, the scene where... Iris, you know, like rips off her bracelet in defiance of her parents, and it's like something is <laughs> happening. <laughs> yes, my comment to you was okay. So you just rip that bracelet off immediately. Feel like something is really, really wrong. Why would you not immediately put the thing back on? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Maybe the darkness that's overtaking her is too strong, and she can't bend down and put it back on. She She's obviously so could because later. she ran out of the house she after that. Out of the house. Well, she know. was picking up flowers. She was okay enough to put on a bracelet. <laughs> okay, okay. But I did find it really amusing that they said in the enhanced version that the bracelet was one of a kind, so they had to make a stunt bracelet in case it broke. <laughs> I'm like a stunt. I think that sort of thing happens pretty often. Eh? Yeah, there's usually I mean, props, at least, at least the two people, or three copies of pretty much everything. Maybe not every piece of wardrobe that they wear, but especially if it's in a scene where there's a stunt double involved, there's like two or three copies of everything because you've got the actor and the double and the stunt double and all this stuff. I know, I know, but that just cracked me up. So, And since she was like pulling the bracelet off, yeah, you, you would need an extra for that just in case. But did Mark pick up the bracelet? I think he might have. So I'm wondering if did. if that bracelet will come into play at some point. Well, they, they, yeah, they'll use it as a clue. or a Well, here's my thing. If the bracelet is given to Iris by her parents, is that part of the whole thing in keeping Iris in check, that it's this magical bracelet? Yes. So, yes. Yeah. That was keeping so, the Knicks in check. Yeah. Because she was all, Hera makes me wear it, which is yeah. supposed to indicate to you as soon as she says that, that, oh... Something is wrong. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking the same thing, Chris. Like, why did you put the bracelet back on? Because she but. has to run out the door and bring about the end of the world. And that poor cop named Grassy. Yes, the cop was... named Grassy. As in... <laughs> Michael Grassy. <laughs> Michael Grassy, like, the current showrunner. Do we think that the whole situation of Iris being like, don't touch me, and then everybody touches her? Do we think yes. that's some sort of... Do we... What? Yes! Sorry. Is what she said. <laughs> I know that's what she said. So silly. Don't touch her, Bo. And then she touches her. What did she just say? (laughs) The thing I'm trying to say. (laughs) Do we think that's a commentary on the way society treats young women, especially? Oh, I would love it if it was. I don't think that it is. I don't think that it was, but it's an interesting point. But I would love if it was. I like that idea. 
here's the thing though. I'm I'm okay or more okay with Bo doing it in that situation just because I mean, yes, Bo if somebody says don't touch me, don't touch them. Don't touch them. <laughs> exactly. They respect their personal real, space. But yes. I mean, a, a thing that we've seen over the seasons is Bo is a very touchy feely she's instinctively wants to reach out and make a connection and, and comfort people. Right. Well, I know that, and I know it's... But still, like, don't touch power. people who don't want to be touched. <laughs> but, yeah, and given what she saw about the end of the world, and it's just, oh, that was just not smart. So, But why would you connect those two things, is the point. Like, she didn't, wasn't able yeah. to connect those two things until she touched her right. in her hand. Because her she says, but don't earlier... touch me over and over again, you figure something's wrong. Listen to her, Bo. It just made but me shake my head. Cre- credit for, for the writing in this regard, like, they did have Bo touch her cheek and, you know, use the tingly touch on her early in the episode, and it was completely normal. So it's not okay. like Bo would have anticipated there being something wrong, because she'd done it before. Iris wasn't upset about being touched then either, Well, to be I fair. think it was just because the audience had just seen what Iris could right. do, and that's of what freaked us out. But still, it was just... Ugh. But I'm, I'm with you is in, in the regard that if somebody says, don't touch me, don't touch them. Just observe personal boundaries, Bo. Come on. Oh, We've seen her a number of times with especially young women in pain where Bo's trying to make them feel better. I know, I know, but I just... Now Bo has a black hand and that just does not look good in the bedroom. Well, and see, I was thinking, oh, she really needs to have lots of sex to get rid of that black hand. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I know, and I'm like, apparently, that's not gonna be. I am super desperate for a big sex scene because that was my immediate thought. I was like, oh, she's gonna have to have lots of sex to get rid of that. <laughs> well, I was like, oh, Lauren's not gonna like that. That's just nasty. So that was my first thought. And then I was thinking, when she had V by the neck, why she didn't chi suck her to try to heal her hands. Mm-hmm. I did have that thought. So, yeah, I wonder what, what would have happened if she tried it. I don't know. That's why I wanted her to try it. But, <laughs> well, maybe she figured the hand was an advantage at this point because it stopped her lightning. So she, you know, was using, she figured she'd keep the hand as long as she wanted to. That's true. She could win the fight with, with, with Z. That's so. true. But I, I, she could have disempowered, like, because when she sucks chi from people, that weakens them a little bit. So right. it, it would have maybe just weakened Z a bit while that during that confrontation. We haven't talked about that yet. I did actually really like that scene, especially with <laughs> the with the knockdown, drag out, dirty fighting between the two of them. I was giggling once, that whole scene. Once I was like- Z realized that her lightning bolts would be useless against Bo, I, I, I really liked that whole fight scene. But I'm like, Anna, Amanda, stunt double, stunt double. Anna, Amanda, stunt double, stunt double. Anna, Amanda. Okay, yeah. So my mind is switching. Actually, off from I was shot to shot. I was thinking that the the stunt double that they have for Bo actually looks not unlike Anna Silk there because there was one point where I was like, oh, that surely had to be a stunt double. But she gets up and you see mm-hmm. a decent amount of her face. I was like, that's actually not not unconvincing to be Anna. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's still if Casey Hideki was still working on the show in season four or five. I think she was, but. I don't know that she's still Bo's stump double, though. I know she used to be, but I think it might be somebody else. I think she does it when when Bo is sword Sword fighting fighting. and stuff, because that's really her specialty, but I don't know that she does it on the regular. But, yeah, I mean, good stunt work. Yay, everybody. But even for what Anna and Amanda had to do, it was a great fight. It was a great, well-done fight. Yeah, it really was. For them to do it in formal wear, I'm sure, had to be really difficult, because you can't move a lot in those dresses, at least... You know, your legs can't, I'm sure. The dresses are probably going all over the place and riding up. So, yeah, I'm sure it was really difficult. 
So, but knowing they had to do that in the dresses, I'm sure they looked for dresses that would be stunt friendly. I was gonna say (laughs) Bo's dress was slit up really high; it was practically all the way up to her hip, so she had pretty good leg movement in there. Man, (laughs) just gotta make sure everything's taped in. Yes. I'm sure they but, had a lot of dresses for that one. But I thought that whole scene was was really well done. And then I really liked the conversation that we see them have where after Bo gets her outside of the the room and she's on one side of the door and Bo's on the other side of the door. Like, again, I just thought Amanda Walsh was really good in, in this episode. And I really like her as, as this villain. I think she's doing a great job. Well, I yeah. loved really seeing Z so terrified. It's yeah. the first time you've seen her terrified and just freaked out about what's going to happen instead of this very aloof, very powerful Faye. And to me, that really convinced me that Z is telling the truth and is really trying to prevent the end of the world and whatever Hades is going to do and that she would be on both sides in, in that sense. So, but I, yeah, I love that uh, scene from Amanda. I thought that was great. Yeah, but I think she does. I mean, we we saw, especially in this episode, that Amanda Walsh has really good range, which I think is mm-hmm. also part of making a good, solid villain, or, or nemesis, rather. Yeah. We don't actually know if she's the villain anymore. Nemesis, I think, works, villain, right? She fears yeah. what Hades is going to bring to the world more than what, she, what havoc she and the ancients could wreak. Or about, so. is it just that she's afraid of Hades' wrath? Is it not so much that... She thinks he's going to be worse to, you know, the human race or the phase or whatever. Or is it just that she's afraid of what type of revenge he might seek for the, because I'm assuming, but it's possible that they were the ones who imprisoned him in Tartarus. And is he going to be all Venji? And hey, that was me. That's part of my wondering what exactly is going on, just because Zeus's deal in mythology largely seems to be him scheming against other gods and godlike creatures, right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of infighting among the gods, so I'm I'm uncertain as to everybody's end game here. So right, and th- that's actually working for me because what what was really being insinuated to me from that the scenes that we get where we see what Bo saw in her oracle vision of her father, as well as you know, how we see hate, uh, Zeus react and her react to what Hades told her is this idea that come the second half of the season, we're going to see Hades, who has been portrayed as this big bad, this big evil, being pitted against the ancients, who we've also been shown to be evil. So this idea of the lesser of two evils being played out on the show, I really like because from the beginning, there's been this sense on the show, or they've at least paid lip, lip service to the sense of the show that there there's not really good guys and bad guys there's just you know better bad guys, guys and worse guys yeah there's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's bad guys and worse guys or better guys and, and worse guys you know and so i i actually do like that idea if that's what where they're going with this storyline and we finally got to see hades on screen got to see what he looked like eric roberts is playing him i was gonna say he looks an awful lot like eric roberts he looks a lot like eric roberts <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So can you guys remind me what he said and how you would interpret it? Because it seems to be a lot more, you know, riddles and that yeah. kind of thing. That just is really kind of frustrating and a little hard to figure. I think Bo even is a little frustrated. Well, that's the thing about prophetic visions, right? They can never They're be never clear. Straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, the big one I remember that he says is sometimes the greatest evil is the greatest mercy. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. that doesn't sound good that either. That doesn't sound good at all. 
<laughs> well, everything that he said sounds like wasn't he implying too that only he and Bo can bring about this take over the world type thing and yeah they can only be stopped by a family member or something mm-hmm. yeah well and that was my thing because he's like only family can stop them and then she says oh so i need you and i want to say bo you're family you can stop them right that's what i thought he meant <laughs> i don't know i mean i wonder was he also referring to her surrogate family that only they could stop them i don't know i'm sure he's hmm. just referring to her but that was a thought that crossed my mind or what will he do to her surrogate family? You know, that that was a thought that crossed my Just the mention of family. Just See, I wasn't worried. even thinking of, of the surrogate family. Well, I'm just worried for everybody else that's not Bo when it comes to Hades. I'm kind of worried for the whole human race, again, that he's just going to wipe out everybody and they'll rule over the ashes. And, you know, it's kind of the thing they say a lot on sci-fi fantasy shows. Like, they'll, the evil villain always threatens to build the world on top on ashes of the you know, old one, and they'll build a new one. But to do that, they have to wipe out everything first, so. Owen Samuel says he also told her that she would have to do things she didn't want to. Yeah, Yeah, I found a little bit of what he said. So he does mention the thing about only family can stop them. He also says, you will do things you don't want to do. Lead our victory overnight. Sometimes the greatest evil is the greatest mercy. Uh, okay. That doesn't sound good. It doesn't. But see... The the only family can stop them thing, I kind of like that line in the sense that it echoed what we saw last episode, where Bo uses Zeus's lightning against Eros. Right. It's like Bo kind of instinctively knew it anyway. When he says you don't you're gonna do things you don't wanna do, I'm like, great, he's gonna force her to destroy her surrogate family? I don't know. I mm. I don't. I, I, I think I you're making a lot of assumptions I'm just about. I don't think the surrogate family. Is a great guy. So I, no. I'm just worried about everybody. Okay, but it's, there's a lot of things know. that Bo wouldn't want to do that didn't involve harming Dyson and Lauren, etc. It, it it could be things like you know opening the portal so that he can come out of the underworld, even though he doesn't. You know, she doesn't want to do that. Things like that. You know what I mean? Or just making choices that she otherwise wouldn't have made if there weren't these other circumstances, but I, I think you're maybe being conclusion jumpy, thinking that that means she's going to kill everybody that she loves. I will say again, I, I know I've told you this, and I can't remember if I've said it on the podcast or not, but I personally don't think that Lost Girl is one of these shows where that would be the ultimate conclusion of the series. Everybody dies, you mean? Right. But the Lost Girl stuff, Lost Girl is not a Joss Whedon show. You don't know that, though. Well, even Joss Whedon... I do know that. Literally, Joss Whedon has nothing to do (laughs) with the production of Lost Girl. Oh, okay. Thanks. (laughs) As much as Lost Girl pulls from Joss Whedon, or is, you know, in kinship with those shows, I don't think tonally it is as dark as those shows got. Right? I agree. Yeah. But uh, in regard, the other comment that he makes, he, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but Hades makes some sort of comment about a gift. And we did have somebody oh, mention yeah. in our comment threads that they thought that the gift was in reference to the necklace that Lauren gave to Bo. And while it, that's I think, what I've heard. but I think in this episode, she thinks it's the box. Like that's the conclusion that she draws. Right. There's, yeah, yeah. there's a very direct connection in the episode where he says gift they cut to Bo in reality rather than opening the the, seeing the vision and she repeats the line about the gift and then she immediately looks down 
at the Jack in the Box that she's holding. So, And it could be she misinterpreted what she said, and ultimately the necklace will, will come into play. But right. from what we've seen so far, the gift seems to be in reference to the Jack in the Box, I think. Right. And that's what Hades knows that she has that was gifted to her because right. yeah. he's the one who, who gifted it, it to her. her. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, I do have this question, though. If that thing was key to him being released on Earth and it's just been sitting around in Tartarus, why didn't he send it to somebody sooner? Because that's maybe true. it had to be his family member who <laughs> used it. And he was just waiting until she knew who he was and wanted to send it to her on a birthday. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it, I, I like, but no, I like that, that it has to be a family member who opens, I don't know. Who opens it. Sometimes these things have to be timed right, too, right? Yeah. I don't know. So I'm just timing. making crap up. I know you are, and, I, and I'm enjoying it. Okay. To be three days after her birthday when she's in formal wear after a fight, and then she has to open it. Her sparkly dress will ward off the darkness. Yes, yes, because it has that many sparkles that reflect off the beautiful sunlight in the park scene. Okay, so let's talk about the pretty, pretty, the pretty, 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 pretty party clothes. I got lost (laughs) in my own sentence. I'm sorry. It's like half a page of notes. (laughs) Yes, okay, so I was making notes about this. And somebody gets into, like, a saying pretty spiral. (laughs) Just... Or, or roundabout. She just can't get out of the roundabout. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, so I was making notes about this episode, and I realized that most of them were just about clothes. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of sad. I need to I need to maybe think about other aspects of the episode. Okay, so who- And then she messaged me saying that they were mostly about clothes, and then I opened them up finally and went, oh. <laughs> She was not exaggerating. I was not. So, okay, first question for both of you. Who did you who would you pick as your best dressed in this episode? We'll start with you, Annie. Who do you think? <laughs> That's why we're starting with you. I thought Bo she was great, but um I'm not a fan of the one shoulder thing. But no, I mean Anna usually looks great, but no, I loved I loved Lauren's season three coming down the steps. Zoe said she tripped four times doing it. Uh, I do not more. like that dress. I don't know oh, why God, people you like suck. that. Sorry, I love you, but I like that dress. I mean, nothing but back. <laughs> oh, God, just make me do um, I don't think that dress is that flattering, and I hate that hair extension thing that she's wearing. But anyway. <laughs> I like the hair extension. Stephanie has opinions, y'all. Season two, Jeez. masks, Bo's birthday. Lauren has never looked better, for my money. <clears throat> Yeah, that one's okay. <laughs> Super sexy. I love how we always disagree about the clothes, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. We always mm-hmm. do. She also looks no good what. in Phage Against the Machine in the seafoam green dress that she's wearing for that party. For the but, awards. But Stephanie, to be fair, oh, yeah, likes everybody good. best when they're like really dirty, right? I like yes. people apparently at the extremes. I like them kind of like dirty and disheveled. And then I also like them all pretty and fancy. Whatever. I think Zoe looks good in a paper bag. So, you know, I'm really biased. But I don't have any details of it, but I like the dress. I like that color. How about you, Chris? Mm. Who was your best dress for the episode? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know you were going to quiz me on this. I didn't prepare. (laughs) You didn't prepare a half page of notes on who looked the best? No, I didn't. Just pick one. Just pick. It could be two, three. I don't care. Just who who did you think looked the best in their formal wear? They all looked really good, though. I Don't make me choose. Okay, okay. It's like, well, because see, I I kind of agree with Annie in the sense that I don't love the one sleeve look. Yeah. 
it throws me off. It's it's very unbalanced looking. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, like I, I I thought Tamsin looked really good, but the sleeve with like the little white flowers all over I it. I don't know. Didn't like that part. Well, I'm, I'm that not in love with that sort of well, thing. It, okay. First, my picks are go to Lauren and to Trick. I thought they looked the best in their fancy duds, and I was happy that they actually dapper. put Trick into a real tux because they've often in the past just sort of put him in a fancy jacket. And, like a smoking jacket. Yeah, like a smoking jacket. Yeah. So I like that he got a With full full on tux. And it seemed to be sort of yes. a, a midnight blue color rather than black. But I thought he looked great. Oh, I thought it was they good. did look really good. Yeah. Mm. So so those are those are my picks. But yeah, I thought it was really weird. And I mean, granted, I was watching it again and, and they're not as similar as I remembered them. <laughs> but I thought that it was <laughs> weird <laughs> that they put Tamsin and Bo in a very similar constructed dress because they both had like a sheer sleeve with shit glued on them type of look. <laughs> I know. Shit <laughs> <laughs> or embroidered or something. Or whatever. But yeah. And, and then, you know, just up on one shoulder and then cut down on the other. I was, I was just like, really? Usually with when it comes to costume design, you try to avoid for your female characters because the necklines tend to be very tend to be very diverse amongst female characters. With men, they tend to be more similar. But you generally try to put your female characters with different necklines on their shirts. And Yeah, but isn't, isn't this Lost Girl where my mom watches it and she goes, wow, everybody's boobs are showing. But, they but that's that every TV show, right? Yeah, yeah. They weren't that but, booby. I don't remember well, huge amounts of general, cleavage coming she was out. Saying that about, in general, she was just saying that about... Yeah. I was going to say, that's not necessarily specific to this episode, though, right? No, not no. specific to I was this episode, say, but... Bo yeah. is usually way more booby. She's not She's not particularly booby in this episode. <laughs> no, she is not, which is different. Yeah. I hope anyone Lauren playing the Drinks of the Doll drinking game is not drinking anytime Stephanie says booby. <laughs> Lauren is more booby in this episode than Bo, which I don't mind, but... You know, she's slightly more booby. But there was. <laughs> I'll take any more slightly booby I can get. But there was there was a lot of like um sheer fabric stuff going uh-huh. on with these dresses because Z had those cutouts on her dress too, and I was just, right. I don't know. That's just a, isn't really a style that I particularly enjoy. Not like, a. I think people not a cutout fan. You're no. you're like a skinner, nothing, right? Skinner, <laughs> skinner, nothing. Skinner, skinner clothes. Yes. Come on. Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> Solid fabric. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, not a fan of the sheer. Yeah. So I really didn't care for the dresses particularly. I think everybody looked good, but it's like, it's Anna Silk and Rachel Scarston and Zoe Palmer. And it's all really good looking people. So it's, it, you know, it was like the, the the fact that I didn't like the dresses didn't detract from the fact that they're all really good looking people and you put them in, in anything really and they look really good. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing that I didn't care for was Z's dress because I thought that huge, big, sparkly collar, you know, neck collar yeah. piece was way too overwhelming. And yeah. It looked like it was choking Amanda Walsh. And yeah. I'm like, oh, it just, when I saw it first in the promo pics, I was like, oh no, that look just does not work for me at all. Yeah. But don't you think so, that was sort of a deliberate look? Cause it looks sort of like royal. royal. <laughs> yeah. But it just, it was way too much for me. I, before the episode aired, Showcase released some photos from, more photos, I should say, some promotional photos from the episode. And I was flipping through them and I was like, man, Dyson looks weird in a tie. And then I thought, no, what's weird is that collar. Why did they put him in a collar with those huge pointy triangle points on them? And it looked better in action than it did in the photos, but I still would not have, would not have put him in that style of collar. It was a super well, weird collar, but he was. looked really good in the suit. The suit was a really yes. nice fit on him. Yeah. He looked excellent. 
But yeah, I, I, I actually thought Mark wasn't looking too bad in his tux, but then I was like, oh, oh. yeah, Mark was in this episode. It took me a minute before I remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. He thought he looked okay, but then he opened his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but Mark actually, as far as annoyance goes, if I'm going to rank him on the annoyance scale, which we established last where, week. Where does he fall this episode? For me personally, he, he fell pretty low on the annoyance scale. I'd put him above, like... Definitely not pokeable, definitely not pinchable, maybe like shovable. But he was he was low, pinchable slash shovable. He was low on the annoyance scale for me this week. I would put him like a level or two higher, but not the highest, but still. <laughs> but that seems to be Smackable. Annie's Smackable. Annie does seem to go up a level from from you, Stephanie. Yeah. Which is funny because I was the one who was annoyed with him initially, and Annie was like, he seemed okay. <laughs> and then I went and did a one eighty. <laughs> Well, and he was going to wait it out, I think, and then uh, yeah. couldn't and then anymore. I, <laughs> then I was done waiting it out really quickly. How about you, Chris? Where would you rank him on the annoyance scale this week? Probably somewhere in the middle of all of your rankings listed. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, smackable. Chris sounds like she doesn't want to spend a lot of time on this point. Eh, I, I don't care. Well, because here's the thing. <laughs> I am annoyed with Mark. But then he gets stabbed, and then it's like, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> well, I guess the difference for me this me week is, this like, earlier, Chris. Mark was annoying to me because he was short-sighted and kind of dumb, not because he was actually being a dumb ass to people, if that makes any sense. He, he wasn't being yes. no, I agree with you. mean yes. and nasty to people. It, he just was not being smart. Didn't think things through. Yeah. It's more that I'm annoyed with his existence than yeah. with any particular thing he said this episode. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I can't really point to a particular instance and think like, oh, but, well, that's not true. When he was starting to flirt with <laughs> Iris on the balcony, I thought, oh, Mark, this is terrible, terrible flirting. Yeah. This is just awful. But that was really the only, only thing. Oh, I did want to say before we get off the subject of clothes completely, I really liked the shirt that Lauren was wearing in the doll. I wish that it had stuck around longer. I thought she looked really good. Me too. Me too. And then I didn't really understand Tamsin's shirt in the beginning where there was a hole in the back. A, a loose-fitting shirt with a basically like a boob window, a back window. <laughs> but isn't that... She wears a lot of shirts like that, though. I know, isn't and I never understand Isn't that in vogue it. these days? Is it? I don't understand it. I think it looks kind of dumb, but that's me. A boob it's a boob window, but in the back. It's a back window, I guess. Easy access, Stephanie. Just think of it that way. For okay, I do like backs, but I'm not like, oh yeah, I gotta gotta touch me some back, like back boobs. I'd love to touch either. You know, I mean, it's fine. So hey, if we get the clothes off on Lost Girl, that's what I care about. everybody strip. Okay, I was waiting for Annie to comment. Sex, Although I thought it, she would. I thought she was going to say it when you were talking about how how Lauren's shirt was great and you wish it had stuck around more. I was I was waiting for Annie to say I wish, I it, wish it could off. come off. Yeah, <laughs> say something lewd, but oh, okay. you didn't. Now I will. And, I want it to come off. Okay, let's go back to the beginning and talk about Bo and Tamsin in that first scene. I loved the suitcase. <laughs> I know. I Damn it! He's like. Poor Tamsin, one more thing to happen to her. And all her worldly belongings belong in not even one stuffed, small, travel size rollaway. So, yeah. Poor Tamsin. Poor Tamsin. And, and, and this is getting back to, to what Olin, Olin Samuel was, was commenting on earlier, talking about the, she felt like there was a lack of tension between 
Bo and, and, and Tamsin. And I thought there was still some tension there. And like we I see did. in that opening scene where Tamsin, you know, comments on the fact that I'm tired of, of this game that we were playing where you're with me, but you didn't really care about me because your heart was over here with Lauren. And I personally, uh, you know, the Tamsin stuff worked the best for me for this episode. When we have that epi- that scene later on where Tamsin's on the balcony with Z and they start talking about essentially, you know, when will what people do stop hurting? You know, when will it stop hurting so much? And Z's like, you know, it never does. And I just started hurting people back. Like, I actually thought that created tension to the point where I was worried that Z was going to try to recruit Tamsin into working against Bo. And mm-hmm. me too. So, yeah. but that might have just been me. It might have been I was worried that might happen. So I was anticipating something, a storyline like that to pop up in this episode. But I actually thought that was a genuinely good through line where I was kind of worried what Tamsin might do because of this hurt that Bo caused her. Right. Me too. And I was, wor- I've been worried about that since the last episode. Would she do something to Lauren? Would she do something to herself even or something to Bo? And, when Z said that line, I just started hurting others, and I was like, oh crap, that's what Tamsin's going to turn into. And then Z said, well, that's what I'm going to do to you now. And then the lightning bolt came, and I was like, oh crap, Tamsin, no! But um, I have to say that Rachel was incredible in that scene with Oh my Z. gosh, just so good. Her face, the way it just, that is acting right there. Mm. Just her face, the way it transforms within seconds of on the verge of tears to the steely-eyed Valkyrie, and yet Z being able to see right through her and say, oh no, you still care, you know, obviously. About, My money, you know, that was uh, the yeah. best scene in the entire episode, was that scene. It was well-written, well-acted. I thought it was great. I thought that's... I think Rachel has had some of the best acting in the last few episodes of the whole series of as Tamsin. So I really enjoyed seeing that. In that, in that first scene where Bo is trying to talk Tamsin into staying, I mentioned last week that I, I wish that Bo had another chance to kind of address what happened between the two of them. And I was kind of disappointed that we were getting that before Bo was really ready to be like, you know what? Sorry. That was really kind of crappy what happened and get another chance to sort of talk to her about it. But I'm still hoping that might come. Seeing Bo try to beg Tamsin to stay, I liked that part, but I did think that Tamsin was right to say, it's best that I leave her right now. Well, she's trying to protect herself and what's left of her heart to just get out of there. But I think I that's did. what made it so confusing for her was the fact that, you know, for Bo, they were having sex and it just happened that they lived together. So they were sleeping in the same bed, et cetera, et cetera. But for Tamsin, it meant more than just, oh, it's convenient. I, I do think that she was completely right to say, no, it's better that I leave. But then at the party, when Bo first sees Tamsin and then goes up to her and goes, well, I guess something like, I guess they'll invite anybody in or you didn't get an invitation. And No, she said, I didn't didn't know you got an invitation. Oh, I didn't know you got an invitation. And then, you know, Tamsin's like, yeah, you know, I'm here. Nice to see you, too. Nice to see you. And then Bo's like, well, we need you. But then Bo is like almost rude to her in the next sentence. And I'm like, Bo, stop going back and forth with Tamsin. It makes her... That's just going to break her heart even more. So that conversation, I wasn't really too happy with Bo because she's like, no, stay, we need you. But Yeah, I didn't understand you know, still the opens hostility. The conversation with, yeah, still opens the conversation with hostility. And I'm like, Bo, that's really not nice. But you're going to beg her to stay? I'm surprised Stampson stayed. 
I didn't understand the hostile tack that Bo took with Tamsin. I mean, Tamsin replies in kind of a snide way, but at the same time, Bo approaches her already with her armor up, I feel like. So I don't think it was Tamsin's attitude that necessarily caused Bo to act hostile. She seemed ready to be on the defensive from the beginning. And even in the opening scene, I thought Bo was the same way, where she's like, no, we really need you, Tamsin, but... See, that's what I mean. I, I feel like Bo hasn't really apologized fully or acknowledged fully how weird that whole situation got. I, I feel like she it, yeah. there's still unresolved stuff between the two of them. Clearly, there's still unresolved stuff. Well, yeah, and in the opening sequence, as they're sort of debating... Or discussing rather than debating. Tamsin's leaving. Bo brings up Kenzie. And do we think it's a good idea or a bad idea in that moment to bring up Kenzie? I don't know. It it seemed a little bit like, you know, I, it might have highlighted too much that Tamsin was a replacement in a way. Both for mm. Lauren and for Kenzie, potentially. But I can see where maybe Bo was trying to call on Tamsin's affection for Kenzie. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't or sure how I felt about it. I mean, she could have been implying, you're important to me too, just as much as Kenzie was. That's why I'm bringing her up. I don't want right. to lose another member. Of we'll see. That's what I'm saying. Because I feel like Bo meant it in the sense of, you know, I, I lost Kenzie. Don't let me lose you too, because you are yeah. also very important to me. Right. But, but then it's one of those things, like, I, I wonder if Tamsin's going to interpret it as Bo essentially kind of trying to manipulate her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I I feel like it could read that way, although I don't think that's how Bo means it. You know what I mean? Right. Well, Bo and Tamsin are on two completely different emotional levels now. So Bo could say something, but Tamsin will interpret it a different way because of how Bo affected her and broke her heart. But that's kind of what I'm saying here. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't know if that was necessarily the tactic to use, Bo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Bo's trying here, but is doing like a really bad job with not coming across with her yeah. interactions with Tamsin. Yeah. yeah. Same and then I, I think that us. too is part of why she's more hostile when they meet up later. Cause she's going in sort of how, at least I'm maybe extrapolating a bit here, or I am, but the way she approaches Tamsin at first is how Tamsin normally approaches stuff right where yeah, it's just what i was armor up and very defensive bordering on offensive or maybe it's just offensive i don't know in, yeah, in not in the say. not in the offensive sense but in the tactical sense is what i'm trying to say right yeah. well that was my only thought was that we see tamsin give Bo the invitation and then omit the fact that oh yeah i got invited too so that was the only mm-hmm. thing that i could think of that was really causing Bo to be hostile is like do i really why did she not tell me that she got an invitation to and then shows up? What's her plan here? That's my only... Oh, I didn't know she got an invitation. I didn't interpret it that way. But Bo says, I d- you didn't say you got an invitation too. How come Tamsin pulled Bo's invitation out of her luggage? Yeah, that was a little... That was uh, weird, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wish it would maybe been sitting on a table or something like that. Like, why would she pack that? That's odd. <laughs> she but just wants to take a part of Bo with her. It was probably know. just... It was just convenience. But I, I do wish that it had been sitting on a table or something like that. So yeah, there's still stuff that needs to be dealt with between Bo and Tamsin. And 
I don't know. I kind of, it, we see Tamsin get struck down by lightning. Annie has said several times she doesn't think that Tamsin is dead. Somebody sent us an email. I think it was Jenny sent us an email asking what we thought about that whole situation. I don't think Tamsin's dead either. Chris, did you want to mention what you've been pointing out to people in regards to that? I don't think Tamsin's dead either. But what I was saying, the fact that Z comments that Bo has healed faster than most or something like that. Therefore, indicating that others have healed from getting zapped. Granted, that was like a hand lightning bolt versus a sky lightning bolt. <laughs> but uh, but there's evidence that her lightning bolt doesn't always kill people. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm wondering if the fact that Tamsin is clearly injured, if that will lead to some sort of more understanding scene, perhaps, between Bo and Tamsin. If, the, if they'll use Tamsin's injury to address that rift between the two of them in some way. I don't know. That was just my thought. Because people, you know, on TV shows, they get all confession-y and real when people are hurt, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's probably Z... true in real life, too, though, yes. right? I, That's you not know, strictly sure. a TV thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think Z, yeah, could you... Well, it's like the same thing with Lauren and Tamsin talking in front of Hera, and now Z has all this stuff that she knows about Bo and Tamsin. They could definitely use that against everybody. I do worry, though, that because she injured Tamsin, at the very least, will she kidnap Tamsin? You know, what what is going to ultimately come of the fact that she, at the very least, wounded Tamsin very badly? It's, it, it could be that she still tries to recruit Tamsin onto the ancient side in some way. So you pointed out that uh, Zeus, or Z, I guess, like Freya, is a close talker? Yes. So it's like, well, does Tamsin just bring this out of of the ancients? <laughs> but then, then I had the thought, you know what it really probably is? Huh. They're trying to do the intimidation thing, and normally when you're doing that, you'd get close to somebody and tower over them, but they can't tower over Rachel Scarson because Rachel Scarson is like five by <laughs> <like> ten. Yeah. <laughs> She is? Wow. Yeah. It, it's so you a, can't, they can't tower over her, so they just get up in her face. Right. Mm. But I do like that Tamsin doesn't really seem to back down. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like, clearly that's an intimidation move, and Tamsin's just like, whatevs, you know? I'm huge, <laughs> oh, yeah. tiny woman. Yeah. <laughs> I will squash you now. <laughs> I'm wondering why Z was on the same level. Was it just the heels? I'm guessing. <laughs> they tall as Amanda Walsh? They, not that tall. She, they tend to put uh, Rachel Scarston in lower shoes because she is so tall. So mm -hmm. I bet she was in kind of either flats or just low heels and Amanda Walsh was in higher heels. Hopefully Amanda Walsh was not on an apple crate. I'm she kidding. could have also been on an apple crate. They will do that too. It didn't look like it though. Cause no, no. there was, yeah. there was like a minimal height difference. So, yeah. and she walks backward as well. So that would have been a lot of apple crates for her to be stepping on without <laughs> falling off of them. But I, I did think that was awesome, seeing that fa them face-to-face. -face. Yeah. And as you say, I, I appreciate that Tamsin is kind of like, you know, eye-to-eye -eye with Zeus, <laughs> of all people, and is kind of like, eh, <laughs> you don't she scare me. eye-to-eye -eye with Freya and anybody, I think. Well, so. especially because when... Okay, so they make clear in this episode that they're going for this whole 
this woman Z is supposed to be representative of sky gods from many different cultures. This idea that I've had many names in different contexts, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. I think I actually liked it better when they were making these figures and mythology types of fae instead of I trying to personify a deity because she names all of these different things. Like, well, they're not the same thing because she she I think she mentions Odin, doesn't she? Yep. So, so technically, if that's true, she would be the boss of Tamsin's boss, kind of. Mm-hmm. Well, what's wrong with that? Oh, nothing. I'm just pointing it out. Like, she's the boss of Tamsin's boss, and Tamsin's like, whatever, tiny woman. You know, I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> <laughs> I just like calling her a tiny woman, apparently. <laughs> I noticed that. Weirdo. <laughs> yes. I get the feeling you ever meet Amanda Walsh, you're going to go, hello, tiny woman. <laughs> Watch, she'll be taller than I am. I am not that tall. <laughs> I am taller than nobody, so everybody can call me tiny round woman, because I'm more round than I am tall. Jenna, who is Ms. Jenna on Twitter, has sent us a series of tweets about, about mythology. Okay. She says, In mythology, Hades and his brothers drew lots to see which part of the world they would rule, and Hades got the underworld. Uh, he was passive than the other gods, altruistic at times, but was forced to keep balance in the world. So maybe in Lost Girl, he has decided it's time for him and Zeus to trade places. Hades wasn't necessarily evil. So Hades' primary job was to keep balance to maybe explain Freya's obsession with it. He tricked Persephone into hell. Because no living person would choose to live in hell, he's kind of often misunderstood. See, this is my thing about making Hades out to be this evil guy in Lost Girl is he's just misunderstood in mythology. People think because he's down in the afterworld, that means he's the devil and he's hellish. Like, no, you're but you are. It doesn't sound like it's good. No, what he's no, bringing I'm, hang to on. The yeah. Annie, and here's here's Annie, the follow up thought, too. Annie, and Hades is often equated with evil like Satan, but it was just the luck or unluck of the draw for him. Yes. Okay. This is my thing. I'm not talking about the Hades on the show. I'm talking about Hades in mythology. Like oh, okay. people often cast him as a bad guy because they kind of imprint this Christian construction of hell and the afterlife onto him saying like oh he's like the devil like no he's not really like the devil that's not really how the afterworld works in Greek mythology so it kind of it okay. really bugs me actually that the show is going that route painting Hades as evil and mm-hmm. and but they're also well, doing a mythology smash of course like a mashup so yeah. like they they mythology cl- mashup they, I, I, obviously they are taking the mythology and putting their own spin on it I, I accept that but okay. I, I just don't like the fact that they are going this route with him because it I feel like it's just a common misunderstanding of him as a figure within Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. I always remember, you know, reading Greek mythology in high school and thinking that Zeus was the hugest jerk. Yes, Zeus is a huge everybody. jerk. <laughs> He's all philandering and turning people into animals and yeah, striking people down. He's all petulant and stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hera's not so Zeus and his petty grievances. Yeah. Hera's also a, a fairly petulant, uh, grievance-full character in mythology as well. Which they've gotten right on the show. Yes, yes. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm happy with them trying to personify particular deities. I, I don't know that I wish they'd gone this route. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the way they played it before, where it's like, oh, Ryan isn't Loki, he is a Loki. Right. I thought that was clever Me and too. a new spin on it. And I enjoyed that. And so I'm not sure how I feel about this. Yeah. These new developments this season. Yeah. 
So now can we talk about Obo, yes? Yes. <laughs> and Annie's like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's like, tweet. What? That's why A-A-A-A-A-A-A-S-S. Just two S's. Interesting. Well. So, oh boy, yes. I have seen some people being critical of of how that played out. They thought it was maybe a dumb thing for Lauren to say to start the relationship back up again. Really? I thought it was such a Lauren thing. I I liked it. But the oh boy, yes, I thought was cute and was a good tie-in to what they had said earlier. I was very happy with it. And this is me pounding my desk going, yeah! So that was my reaction. I thought it was cute, too. I thought it was cute. And, of course, I think it's a callback to Let the Dark Times Roll, where they are, we should really talk. And then they start kissing and undressing. And and, and Lauren mm-hmm. says, oh, boy. I So I, I do think it was a callback to, to that in particular. But I did think that it was cute. I understand it's been eight episodes. I don't understand why these two haven't t- been together since Dark Horse. I understand... I People wanting a little bit more of a romantic thing, but I thought it worked okay in the context of this episode, so I I liked. It. I, I'll mm-hmm. take what I can get because we haven't gotten a lot so far, but I still want more. So I really hope it develops and that Lauren and Bo finish the conversation and that we get more of a longer sex scene. Yes, <laughs> but I mean we have eight episodes left, so yeah. eight episodes of sex come- scenes is what we want. <laughs> Yeah, that's not what I meant. I didn't mean specifically <laughs> that. that. I'm saying there's time for all of those things. But if they, including pull, talking, I just, we all I know just, that Eddie just wants eight episodes of nothing yes. but like conversations, conversations in between sex, sex scenes. Yeah, I don't want them to do what they did at the beginning of season five, where they come back from the hiatus and they go, "Oh no, we're not together." I don't think they can do that. I If they do that again, I will be pissed. I'm sorry, Lost Girl Writers. I will be pissed if they do that. Especially since Michael Grassi confirmed in his interview that they are together again. Okay. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, they had in the show a a an exchange that essentially went like this. Bo says, relationship? And Lauren says, yes. yes. <laughs> so, I, they can't. That's, Take that away. That's not something that's backtrackable. Like... Like the end of season four. Like, yeah. season four was more a healing of the rift because they had been arguing. So it's like, okay, we're back to at least being friendly. Granted, that friendly involved faces <laughs> on faces, but. Faces on faces, yes! But I'm just saying that this is something they. There's like. An acknowledgement, a mutual acknowledgement that this is something more now, that as opposed to hinting at it like they did before. Yeah, I'm, I've been trying it. really hard to sit here patiently while you finish talking, Chris, but I can't just, I can't hold it in any longer. I have to talk about that scene at the party and how much I was yelling at my TV. Do you? I do. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, I've been clear that I don't really understand... <laughs> Nor am I particularly happy with the fact that they have had Bo and Lauren be just like wishy-washy through the first part of season five after what happened in season four. You put on a necklace inscribed with the thing for giving me the freedom to love and I do. You kiss the person after they say, I'm yours, Bo. That should mean something. It should not. It should. (laughs) It should mean something. You shouldn't just have the characters come back and then just be kind of like, oh, Bo. Just needs a friend. See, here's 
Here's my issue, though, is, like, they didn't do anything to discount that during the first two episodes. Like, they just kind of... But it was a complete lack of follow-through, Chris. It was a complete... It was. It was lack of of follow-through, followed by backtracking with episode three. Yes. Wow, Stephanie, you're being like me. You're being so frustrated about Docubus. This is so funny. I'm just going to listen to you. Okay, I'm being Annie in this episode. I'm okay with that. Okay, so we get to... (laughs) We get to the scene. So emphatic. We get to the scene in the party. And Bo is all, I want to talk to you about what happened during the blackout. And Lauren says, I'll save you the trouble. I know it was just a one-time thing. I'm okay with it. And I was like, why? 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 Why did you start (laughs) from that assumption? You don't say to somebody you're having a one-time thing with, I wish we could lie here forever. I just feel like the writers aren't following through with things that they're putting in the scripts, and it's driving me crazy. I get it. I get the idea of Bo wanting to make it very clear to Lauren, like, I want a relationship with you. I'm tired of, you know... I don't want to wait anymore. I want to be in a relationship with you. That's fine. But why did they start from the whole, both of them kind of thinking, oh, that was just a one-time thing. Like, you don't say, I wish we could lie here deliver to people you're just having a one-night stand with. (laughs) Jesus Christ, I've never heard (laughs) Stephanie so. (laughs) I have. (laughs) This is great. But yeah, I don't get it. And I, you know that they don't want that with every look that Lauren gives Bo and she says that she stole her heart. She's no longer, she's not going to give it back. And everything that she, she still loves Bo, but they have to start from this, oh, we're going to retract and kind of be shy and coy. And, you know, the only reasons that, oh, Lauren's doing it to protect herself because she's been hurt so many times in the past by thinking she's human. She's less than Dyson or Tamsin or, you know, Bo just not having her head on right that she's not going to, want a relationship with her but but yeah they could have said something different like that's what like oh Bo, this is what i want and i i was screaming at the television too when i was like lauren why are you saying that don't do that don't degrade yourself this is what you want you want Bo. so i was so glad when Bo's like no this is what i want do we think and that then, possibly? Hang on, hang on I'm I mean, not done. I'm not done. <laughs> so I was yelling done. about that. Look at the notes. And then, and then when when Bo was all, look, there's always going to be a reason for us not to be together. I was like, why, Bo? What is the reason that you haven't been together since Dark Horse? I don't understand. <laughs> because she's well, I don't know if she's referring to the human. Fan well, thing, okay, but, hang yeah, on. In terms of, the, like, I, I know, I know the the in, the intention of that line was like we can always think of reasons not to be together, but I just want to be with. You. Like, I know that was the intention of the line, but in the context of the fact that they basically had them not be together for no good reason, I was just like, but yeah. what was the reason? You never told me the reason. <laughs> what is the reason? You never told it to us, Lost Girl Writers. So I'm glad that they're together now and that we. <laughs> they better stay together, damn it. We want lots of and sex. That- <laughs> I'm glad that they are together and they follow the writers follow through on that storyline. The end a story by Stephanie. <laughs> it's not so much a story as it is an angry rant. That too. <laughs> that just deserves so much applause though. I was just going to say and and this is I mean I realize this is me rationalizing, but it's what do we do. think it's possible that Lauren's response to Bo initially of the, you know, it's okay, Bo. It was a one-time thing. I understand. Do we think that is sort of like Bo talking to Tamsin directly after that with the, 
again, sort of, I'm going to say this thing to protect myself. Oh, no, I totally do. But I wasn't so much bothered by Lauren's reaction because I can see from Lauren's perspective where she's kind of like, well, here I go again. Like, I'm especially given that she pauses after Bo says, I wish we could lie here forever. And, you know, you can kind of infer from that pause. Lauren thinks it's unlikely you'll want to be with me a week from now. But because it just feels like she's been put through the ringer a lot. But I didn't like that they had Bo say, well, I'm not okay with that. Well, I was okay with that. Like, no, Bo, you weren't. Like, that was not what that was for you. That's not what the script was communicating that was for Bo last episode. Oh, okay. The, I was okay with it. Yeah. That's the point. That's the part that really bugs me, is the fact that they had Bo insinuate that she was kind of thinking that it was just a one-time thing until, I don't know, I guess Tamsin said that thing about her heart always being with Lauren. I don't know. But I, I was more bothered by Lauren, but I could understand why she did it. But I understand why you're bothered by Bo saying it. Yeah, they, they, it just the, the fact that they're both like that bugged me. I didn't want Lauren to say that, but I, I think Chris is right in that it was just Lauren trying to protect her own heart and and telling oh, yeah, Bo she's know. like, I I know, like I was expecting this shoe to drop. I didn't get my hopes super up yeah. just because we slept together. Yeah. So, but that's so sad. I know it is and- sad. I did really appreciate in the scene where Bo was talking to Lauren how determined and direct she was being. Like, that made me pleased. That made me pleased for sure. But uh, there was just a lot of frustration still boiled up in that for me, clearly. Any final thoughts we want to mention? Jenna says, and trick this episode, obsessed with crab dip. I feel the world, uh, I feel (laughs) he would have shown more concern over it all, why they were there, etc. Yes, it was clam dip instead of crab dip, I believe. It was clam dip. But I will say, I thought Rick Allen delivered that line really well. He was very funny. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. I was going to say, though, like, do we think something was up with the clam dip? And if not, why the hell did they keep bringing up the clam dip? <laughs> clam dip. <laughs> well, okay. I, I did actually like when when Hera was talking to Iris and he was saying, you know, get the guests to try the clam dip. Z tried a new recipe. It was a whole thing. It was it, it was very domestic in sort of showing how these ancients are people, even though they're these big, mighty, powerful gods, they still have these dynamics that ordinary people do. I did like that moment. And then I thought that, again, I thought Rick delivered the line about the clam dip in a very funny way. But but I take her point in that, yeah, I feel like Trick was off his game in this episode. He shouldn't have been as gullible. He should have been more cagey about things. I don't know. He seems to be very taken by Z and not maybe not being as wily as he has been previously. I mean, yeah, the clam dip thing, it was just obviously the, you know, the punchline of the episode, which was actually yogurt and chopped up veg- with chopped up vegetables, since most of the cast is vegetarian. So the enhanced episode uh, notes said, although uh, Rick said on his Twitter account that it was uh, hummus. So I don't know which one. They kept talking about the clam dip. And I'm like, did Z put something in the clam dip? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I'm very suspicious about everything, apparently. The downfall of the Fae will be clam dip. She'll make it. A clam dip with meat because all Bo and her friends are all vegetarian and they'll all get allerg- allergies and then they won't be able to follow the ancients or Hades and then they'll all just collapse and that'll be the end of the world because it was the clam dip. Any other thoughts that we wanted to mention? Uh, I was glad to see our heroes working together again. So yes. at least there was that. Yes. Even though that plot kind of went nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least they were together going nowhere. Yeah, and I feel bad. I feel like we've been complaining a lot, and we have been complaining a lot, but I didn't, like, hate this episode. It just didn't, I didn't thrill me either. 
And it I, was dissatisfying as a mid-season mm-hmm. finale. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. my issue. Mm-hmm. Like that last Like shot. if we're going on mega hiatus, I'm like, yeah. Ugh, but it that felt like the first half of an episode. Yeah. 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 But especially after it. last week's episode. Mm-hmm. It felt like more happened last week than happened this week. Yeah. Docubus 6 happened last week. (laughs) (sighs) Everybody drink! Bad lighting. And or strip. Whatever. Not bad lighting. Dark lighting. Dark lighting. But I love the the sunlight in the park and... Yes, I yes, though I was concerned really that Vex might burst into flames. I had a moment where I thought he was a vampire. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what is he He's doing outside?" Like, He's oh, a mesmer. I know. And 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 it's like it's not that we haven't seen Vex in the daylight before, but I just for some reason I start thinking that Vex is a vampire and he's going to blow up. He did look like he was cowering in the shadows for yes. a second. But when he's like, "I'm going to go get help." I'm like, "No, don't go in the sunlight." Oh, okay. You're okay. <laughs> He's just pale, Stephanie. He's, <laughs> he's just, just pale and likes to wear black. Guy. The other random thought I wanted to bring up, because I mentioned this on Twitter earlier today. I was asking where the name that people tend to call Dyson on, particularly Tumblr, is Dyson Thornwood. And I never really knew where that come, came from. I knew multiple people did it, so I thought maybe it, he was named that in the Lost Girl comic that they distributed at Comic-Con that one year. It's like, where did that name come from? Because I had never heard him be called anything but just Dyson on the show. And mm-hmm. it, I think where it came from, Olin Samuel pointed this out, was in the... Which other, I was about to say. Okay. Was in Dismembers Only when they are trying to apply to the country club. Uh, they do use the last name of Thornwood, it seems like, when they're applying for that. Since they lied about everything else, I never it never occurred to me that that might be his real name. So I just I just ignored it. Like I didn't even store it in my in my data set for this show, <laughs> which is amazing because you remember everything else. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. But the reason I bring it up is that when they were looking at their invitations, I actually paused and looked at Dyson's invitation to see if I could see what it said because it it was having everybody's first and last names on there. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it might actually say Dyson Thornwood on there. Oh. Yeah. But I actually had gotten to the point where I thought Dyson was his last name because, like, for example, when Alicia comes to find him in the gym a few episodes ago, what does she call him? Detective Dyson. Who calls- I think they have referred to him as Detective Dyson before, too. Right. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. who calls people, like, you know, police officers by their first name? That's not really a common thing unless you know them, you know? It's like usually Detective stabler you know <laughs> like it's <laughs> but anyway so i, I can't say for sure because the picture wasn't clear enough but it looked like his invitation might have actually said dyson thornwood on it so you were pausing to look at dyson's invitation i was pausing oh, no. to look at lauren's invitation uh but unfortunately it wasn't showing so. no it did not say it did not say i just wanted to see the fancy text saying doc was it lauren lewis dr lauren lewis i hope it was dr lauren lewis it bugs me when mm-hmm. women's titles aren't included on things like that I also wanted to say thank you to Sarah, who sent us an email. <laughs> and the email says it's short, so I'll read it. They mentioned condoms in end of phase, and I thought of you, Stephanie. <laughs> Which made me really happy. And she even emailed, like, followed up the email saying, er, I mean, since you frequently advocate the use of condoms amongst Faye. Just clarifying. <laughs> But Be safe, that, there. <laughs> that also made me happy, Sarah. But thank you for your email. I appreciate it. I saw that email before you did, and I was like, ah, Stephanie will be pleased. I was pleased. (laughs) I was very pleased. 
So thank you to Sarah and Virginia who sent in a voice message and Jenny and there's maybe somebody else who emailed us their thoughts about this episode. We would love to hear yours. You can go and leave a comment on the show notes over at drinksatthedoll.com slash 93. You can also send us an email to feedback at drinksatthedoll.com or send us a voice message by clicking on the send voicemail tab on the right hand side of our website. You can also call and leave an old fashioned type of voicemail. 972-514-7223. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks at the Doll. My name is Stephanie. More, more, more document sex in the latter half of season five. That's my battle cry. My name is Anne. And I am shaking my head. And my name is Chris. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. When everybody goes, surprise! And my first thought is, who the hell are all these people? They just came there for the free booze. I bet they're not even with ancients. They're just like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd show up. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> open bar? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd show up just to see Lauren in formal wear. So that's my Priorities, ladies and gentlemen. Priorities. Priorities. Yes. <laughs> but- now we know the priorities of the both of you. <laughs>